Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News Show. We're back for a new season. The 2021-22 season is upon us and I am joined tonight for our preview podcast by Get French Football News' Chief Features Writer, Eric Devin. Hello, Eric. Hey, Adam. Glad to be looking at a new season. Hope you're well. I am indeed. And we are joined by uh, GFFN's interviewer extraordinaire, Jeremy Smith. Hi, Jez. Hi, how are you doing? I am good. And I haven't even said who I am. Yeah, I should really do that. Uh, I'm Adam White. Uh, and we're going to talk about League 1. It's an exciting season uh, ahead. Lille are champions. I still, I'm still kind of feeling a little bit sort of in, in the glow of that, that Lille, Lille triumph. It uh, doesn't feel too long ago, but uh, the new season is upon us with Monaco and Nantes opening uh, the campaign on Friday night. What I've done is I've asked Jeremy and Eric, and obviously myself, to send along their predicted tables for the coming season. And I have aggregated those results into a uh, sort of amalgam, amalgamated table. So we have a top 20 or a 20 uh, team list which we're going to go through this evening and preview those teams in the order in which we think they're going to finish. Um, so, so that's why Messer Messer fifth on our collective table. <laughs> I think they're first, actually. I think Jez, <laughs> Jez put them first. I mean, that was aggressive uh, for a Mets fan. It's definitely why they're higher than lost in my table anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. So the chaps don't know uh, each other's scores or each other's uh, predictions, I should say. So what I figured we'd do, we go for it in sort of chunks of four. So... We'll start at the bottom. Um, so between us, we came up with 20th. We've got Clermont, promoted Clermont. 19th would also be relegated. We've got Reims. 18th in the relegation playoff spot, we've got Troyes. And just outside the relegation bottom three, effectively, is Angers in 17th. Um, so first of all, I'll start with you, Eric. Clermont, do you see any hope for them at all? No, I mean, you know, I think that they're, you know, a decent team to watch and, and, and needs much as you will, but I, I don't know. My prediction for them also, I had them 19th myself, uh, is also based on the fact that uh, Mohamed Bayo uh, is expected to go. Uh, Porto has been linked strongly. Um, I don't think that they've, I mean, they're a club, they're a club with no means and their summer purchases have, have looked like it. I mean, I know other teams, Lorient, for example, uh, haven't really bought this summer, but, you know, there's, you know, those teams have a decent amount of, of league on experience uh, or in the case of Trois, the whole other promoted side, I think that there is more of a cohesiveness and a, an overall sporting strategy there. Um, you know, you've got, besides bio, I don't think really any of these players are, are of league on quality. I know a couple of them have played in league in league before, uh, I know uh, Johan Gastian has, uh, Cedric Kutunji, but again, they weren't tearing up any trees when they were in the top flight. Um, and yeah, I mean, I had, again, I had them 19th. I think 12 will be worse, but, you know, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't really hold much hope for them as a promoted side. I know that's, that's difficult to, to see. And I know promoted sides can bring surprises. You know, we saw uh, how well Lens performed last season. Um, and Lorient, especially in the back half of last season, were a decent watch as well. But I, I don't really hold much hope uh, for the Clermont side. Yeah, it does feel like their their team is still very much a league two team and a relatively fortunate team to be promoted. I, I thought Toulouse were, were probably the better side over the course of the course of last season and were, were unfortunate to miss out uh, in in the end. 
Uh, Jez, moving on to you. You've got Rans in 19th. Uh, me and Eric actually put them in 17th. So uh, you, you, you spoke to a, a few of the, the chaps at, at Rans last season. David Guion, of course, a great interview on, 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 the, on the site. Um, why, why, why are they getting relegated this time around? I, well, you, you mentioned a, a Guillaume there and also Dia, who I was lucky enough to interview, and, and he's also left. I just, I feel like they've, they've lost a couple of important players. And while they've still got some of the backbone of, of the team of last year and, and for the moment still keeping hold of, of Rykovic, for example, who I saw was, was linked with, I think, Lille this week. And mm. um, obviously a couple of talented young strikers as well. Um, I just, I feel like it might be one of those situations where the team and the coach are sort of very indelibly linked and um, sort of going back years to the likes of, I guess, like Alan Kerbishley and Charlton, for example, as soon as he left, Charlton plummeted. And I just worry that it might be that Guillaume was the kind of crucial part of that team and, and the way that he was able to kind of... Um, you know, keep, keep things sort of ticking along every season despite changes in, in player personnel. And, and although there might not have been a huge change this year, I feel like Guillaume is the, is the really big loss. Dia, you know, the second half of the season, OK, he didn't score so many goals, but his, his goals certainly in the first half were very important. I think, <clears throat> sorry, Zanelli has got another serious injury, which I think is a big blow as well. And I'm just not convinced that, that Garcia is, is the... Is the the man for the job? I, I I was really surprised by the appointment. I I I'm surprised the club went for him, and I'm surprised he went for that that job. I just feel like he's. I mean, I, I know very well from as 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 a Brighton fan that I think he did start his career very well as a coach, but the last few years I think he's become a bit of a journeyman, and he just doesn't seem to really have the stomach for for any big fights, and and you know certainly they're not going to be sort of where they were a couple of seasons ago, pushing for Europe. I think, um, you know, as, as you said, you both had them sort of near the bottom of the table as well, even if, if not as far down as me. Um, and I'm, I'm just not sure he's the man for the job. And, and I feel like there'll sort of be a big culture shock with the loss of Guillaume. I think the stability that they've had the last few years will, will really be lost. And, and yeah, I, I worry that although they've got, two or three talented players there that it's not going to be enough to carry them through. Well, I just wanted to add, you know, I, I think in terms of Rance, I think that Gravion looked decent at Lorient last season. I think he's a, you know, he could be a great partner for Abdelhamid. Um, but I do think Garcia is a strange coach because I don't think that his, he be, I don't think he's really in the mold of the way that Guillaume had, had built this team. And they are essentially the same as last season. Uh, you know, it, it struck me as the style he wanted to park on at Saint-Étienne when he was there. I mean, that's the, best I've known his style of play which mm. you can add to this too given your experience with his time uh, in England uh, it just doesn't really seem like he's the his his aesthetic his approach uh, necessarily fits the components of the squad very well so while he has a name that hasn't recognized it he just does he just really seems a strange appointment uh, to lead stylistically to lead this group of players yeah it really feels like they're sort of a thinning a thinning for a little bit for me I know you said it's a very similar the similar sort of vibe to last season, but without Dia, I feel like that's a big blow. And I, I felt they did a lot with with minimal resources last season as well to be to be relatively competitive. 
So yeah, I, I actually considered putting them in the bottom three. Um, I think it's really close. Um, one team I do have very similar fears for, and I've put them in 19th, is my my uh, my sort of beloved Angers. They've been the team that sort of, when I've covered the league professionally, they've always been there and I've always enjoyed watching them. I've, Seven Moulin's gone. He's gone to Khan in League 2, League 2, sorry. And I just feel that in a similar way to, to Jesse's point with, with Guion, you know, things sort of falling apart after Guion left. I love the Alan Kirby reference. That was brilliant. Um, uh, and it's, he makes a very good point there that he was kind of the man holding things together. And I really feel that's the case with, with Angers. In similar situation, you look through their squad and you're sort of looking looking for the creativity and looking for the goals. And uh, even even now with Batikla in, in charge, he's a very, very inexperienced coach um, coming in. Um, it just adds to the uncertainty, and I, I think that their, yeah, I think their time may be up. Uh, they've overperformed, but um, I think their time is, is probably up in league. And although we did have them just outside the the uh, the bottom the bottom three, so they, they may yet, who knows, they may yet survive. Um, moving on to the next four, those those hopefully uh, avoiding relegation, but uh, struggling nonetheless. In sixteenth, we've got Nantes. In fifteenth, we've got Brest. In 14th, Lorient, and 13th, Strasbourg. Uh, Eric, talk to me about Nantes. You had them surprisingly high in 12th in your in your prediction. Yeah, you know, I really liked what Antoine Camboire was building. Um, I really like the signing of Roland Ciprian. Uh, I think that, um, you know, this is a team that, you know, I, I know they're they I know that they they're a bit callow, but they did have some some bad luck with injuries last season. Um, and I think that with a, with a settled, uh, any, I know, again, they did lose Imran Lusa to Watford as well. Um, but yeah, I, I like the arrival of, of Cyprian. I, I think he's a player with, with something to prove. Um, the development of Ronald Kulmulwani toward the back of the last season was, was really impressive as well. Um, and I think that if, if they can get creativity, I, I think that, that is something that's, that they're going to miss out on in terms of Lusa, but I think that you've got a younger player like Roli Pereira who's been looking decent in, in an attacking midfield to start the season. Um, between he and Cyprian, I think that they could, you know, add some thrust uh, to to uh, to the midfield. And in, in Chiravella and, and Cyprian, you've got, uh, you know, some, okay, if not necessarily creative types, um, and Girotto as well, you've got a, a solid, well-balanced midfield there as well. Chiravella has a good range of passing. I think we, we saw that last season. Um, you know, there's not a ton of depth, but the, uh, the defense is sound enough. You've got uh, Charles Traore, uh, who missed a lot of the season last year, injured as well. You've got um, Dennis Appia, and I think it looks like Castelletto and, and Palo will be uh, Convoy's first choice center back. I don't know. There's continuity, and I, I do I do think that uh, as the season was winding down, we did see some good results from not to. Uh, I mean, right? They they looked destined to go down. They had that win against PSG and a couple other good results. Um, and they've been looking decent this preseason, even without Cole Uh So I think there is um, is more to come from them. I, I just am, I, I think that continuity, because we've had so many coaching changes across the league, I think that, that continuity is something that's going to be really important. I think most of the teams that I've ranked below them uh, are, are undergoing coaching changes, um, perhaps the possible exception of L'Oreal. And um, so or are promoted. Um, so I, I think that continuity and that experience, um, you know, they are a youngish side, but they're not so young at this point now. Um, so I think that those are a lot of positives upon which Kambor I can build. I, I've always had a soft spot for him as a manager as well. Um, I think he's had some bad luck in terms of uh, the results he's achieved. 
Um, but I, I do think that this is a team that uh, will comfortably survive. That's an interesting point because I, 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 I sort of agree with you sort of 50% and then I, I trust in Kumbara <laughs> as well. And I, I, I can see where you're coming from in, in, in that regard, but I, I'd only, I only trust him to just about keep them up. And I, I would worry about Castelletto in defence um, and I, I, Cyprian's a good signing, but in theory, but he's got a terrible injury record and he hasn't impressed since that, that, that's a big injury at Nice really um, since his first sort of spell there after signing from, from Lons, I think uh, when they were in Liga and, and, in theory, it's a great signing, but it could could go one or two ways. And and you know, if, it, if there's a lot of reliance perhaps on him, Colin Mawani, I like too, but there's been links with him leaving, and he's not really a goal scorer. It's a strange sort of position that that he sort of finds himself in. He's sort of sort of branded as a, as a, as a central striker, maybe, but he's he's actually kind of better as a, as a, even as a number ten or off off the wing, maybe. Um, and and you kind of look at their team, and if Koulibaly doesn't doesn't hit form, and, and that's you know relatively unlikely, he's injured a lot, and he's only really had one good spell um, a couple of seasons ago. Um, they're they're going to struggle for goals. But Jez, you you are at the other end of the spectrum because you actually had Nantes bottom. Talk to me why. Talk, tell me why that was. I think a lot of that, to be honest, is sort of on the assumption that that Colin Mouani, um may well leave. I I think he's. I've been so impressed with him in the last year or so. I think he he consistently improved as last season went on. I think he was one of the very, very few positives that came out of France's Olympic campaign, if you can call it a campaign. <laughs> um, and and I think he's sort of, he's got the potential to become sort of talismanic for them. But if if he goes, then I'm not sure where the goals are coming from. As you said, it's not necessarily that he's prolific, but he is at least creative and just, um, I just, yeah, I, I like his, his skill, his strength, his speed, his work rate, all of it. And I think it would be a big loss. But I think for me, my main concern is, is Comboare, who I'm going to compare him to another England, English manager and, and maybe it's the, the biggest insult and a bit unfair, but I feel like he's a little bit of an Allardyce type in that you can see him sort of coming in and, and, like he did on last year and just, you know, sort of sorting everything out and saying, right, look, we're in a scrap. Forget about the decent football. We're just going to make ourselves extremely hard to beat and we're going to stay up that way. That's fine. But from the start of the season, I'm I'm, I'm less convinced about him. And, and I feel like Nantes are in a similar place to where Toulouse were a couple of years ago, where it just feels like they've been drifting or sort of sleepwalking for so long. And obviously a lot of it, especially at Nantes, is, is partly due to, to the president and the, the sort of, you know, his desperation to, to sell every decent player to make to make money and, and, you know, friction with the fans because of that. So I just think it's not a particularly happy place. And I think there's only only certain number of lives that they've got and, and I sort of worry that that last year they you know scraping survival they they ran out of lives. I definitely agree with that Toulouse point. That I that's part of my concern. I had them 15th, but that that's that's a good analogy. Like Toulouse really felt like they were sort of on a slippery slope that they were slipping slipping towards relegation eventually and then it all fell apart and and yeah I could really see that happening to non as well. It, it is I think it's obviously a crucial season for them. Could go really could go one way. Uh, or the other. Um, another uh, team we haven't mentioned in, in that sort of group before that that's really stuck out to me uh, in, in in sort of preseason and 
uh, over the last sort of over the last couple of months is is Strasbourg, and we've all got them at lower mid table. I've got them twelfth. Eric's got them fourteenth, and Jez's got them thirteenth. But you know, new manager coming in, Julian Stefan, Kevin Gromero is a, is an outrageously good signing for me. I, I really like him as a player. I've always thought he's he's uh, his quality, and 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 in in the bottom half of for a bottom half league and side in theory. Uh, it's a hell of a signing. Um, uh, Eric, why haven't we got them any higher than, than lower mid-table? Well, you know, I think you're, you're losing Gilbert, who's fat, fantastic for them down the back of last season, uh, coming in alone from Villa. Uh, you, there's going to be some churn at centre-back, particularly if Jiku goes, as, as many people have mentioned that being a possibility. Mitrovic and Simakon have already left. Uh, Kone, okay, say what you will about him. Uh, he's an experienced player, has also gone. Um, that leaves me with a lot of questions about the defense. Uh, I think they should be fun to watch in terms of an attack. Absolutely. But, uh, I, I do think there's just a lot of questions here. Um, South's coming back for a full season is going to help. Uh, I know that the, they have Luca Perrin who's who they've signed in, who they signed from Marseille on loan, but, um, yeah, if Jiku goes, I really, really, really worry for that defense. Um, you know, I just had their transfer mark page open right now. Uh, if Jiku were to go, the only other player listed as a center back is Perrin, uh, who I think is 21, 22. Um, so again, you know, they're, they'll be attractive to watch. Their, their attacking style is certainly impressive. Um, you know, Jork has, has really shown, has really taken to the step up since his, his move from, um, his move from, from, from Clermont. Um, but, uh, and, and, you know, we know we have Diallo's talents as well and Gamero. I think, you know, with the three of them, you've got a really potent, excuse me, attacking trident, but that defense really worries me. I think they're going to be, uh, you know, perhaps one of the great entertainers as it were this season. Yeah, I really agree with that. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it turns out, but you make a very good point. If Jika does go, they're sort of stuck with Lucas Perrin and that's kind of it. I guess obviously Cassie can play there. Sissoko has been playing there a little bit in preseason, but yeah, they do need a centre-back pretty pretty desperately. Right, moving on to um, the, the sort of mid-table, the upper or the lower mid-table uh, in our predicted predicted uh, league. Gun. We've got Bordeaux in 12th, uh, Saint-Étienne in 11th, Metz in 10th and Lons in 9th. Uh, Jez, can you make the case for uh, your 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 uh, your Mets uh, chaps uh, making a case for you know or at least um, making a run perhaps for for European football? You've got them in the top half, and so does Eric. Yeah, I think um, yeah. Again, I feel like with with practically all French teams, there's always the caveat about who's still going to be there at the you know in in, in September time. But and the the main players that look like they could be on their way. Certainly Santos, Santos and um, Boulaya. And obviously the one that all Mets fans are petrified about is, is Pat Matassar. But assuming um, they will stay, and frankly, even if, if Santos and Boulaya go, they Mets have sort of planned for their departures with, with Alakouche coming in at right back and, and Bassi, who obviously isn't necessarily as accomplished as, as Boulaya, but, but certainly a, a relatively exciting player. Um, I, I feel like it's it feels weird to say it, but for the first time in a long time, everything seems quite settled at Mess. Um, everyone loves Antonetti. Okay, it's not always the the most scintillating football, but you know, really, really steady hand. 
He's working well with uh, getting the best out of the older players, bringing all of the young players on as well. Um, he's this is his last season. There wasn't really a preseason with him. He only came in a couple of months into the season, which I, th I think makes a difference as well. Um, Nian is back from injury, and we don't know yet, but obviously hoping he he gets back to the form that he showed the first six matches before he got his injury last year. Um, there's a couple of other potential goal scorers there. Mikotatsu who's come back from his loan in Belgium and had a great season last year. Even Lenny Joseph, who came from Le Puy and has had a good good um, preseason. So just everything seems a lot more settled than than it usually is, where there's lots of players in, lots of players out. Only talking in terms of relegation. And the president today has said, you know, the aim is. It's just, you know, 40 points and then we'll take it from there. And we hope to improve on, on the 10th place of last year. And I, I, I understand the tempering of expectations, but I do think they should be looking to, to push on from last year. You know, as late as March, they were in fifth. And then I think they won one of their last 11. And, and Antonetti was actually furious with the attitude of certain players. So I think he'll have given a few of them a kick. And if they can keep that stability, even if they don't bring in anyone else, although I'm hoping they'll, they'll manage to bring in at least another centre-back as well. Um, maybe Jiku, who knows? Um, then then I, I think they're well-placed to push on from last season. Yeah, it's a really impressive job that Antonetti's, and Antonetti's done. You know, obviously he took a time out to care for his his wife and and, and since he's come back, he's he's been 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 fantastic. And um, it's, it's it's really great to see, see him doing well. I think, and I, I sort of... He's sort of one of those sort of journeyman coaches in Ligan that's kind of always, always, uh, always there in, in some respect. Uh, it's great to see him doing, 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 doing well. I remember there was sort of a very fluctuating period where he was at Lille and he managed to sort of rescue one of their seasons and get them back into, into contention for Europe and uh, sort of all fell apart again. Hopefully that doesn't happen with, with, with Mess uh, uh, this season. I mentioned that both Eric and Jeremy had Mess in the top half. I had him in 14th. I'm, I'm a little bit more concerned uh, I, I definitely take Jesse's point about it being a little bit more settled this season, which is great. Um, I just think they're probably stronger sides um, in in that sort of very tightly packed midfield, mid or mid table kind of area. Um, but you both had Sinetian in the bottom half of the table, and I was wondering, Eric, why is Claude Puel not going to drag this Sinetian team up into into the top half or even into contention for Europe? I think they've got a talented squad. Um, I think he's a good coach, especially when you give him time. Um, and this is this is his season, no? Uh, I, <laughs> I I wish I could share your, your optimism, Adam. <laughs> um, I yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that there's there is you know there's been more of a change here. This is a younger team. You're seeing a player like Debussy leave. You're seeing a player like um, uh, Jesse Mulan leave. Um, you know, I, I still think that they want to get rid of a player like say Riyad Budabuz. Um, yeah, there, there are definitely positive, positive um, signs here. Uh, you know, I, I, we can say a lot of good things about Gorna Dwarf. I think Adel Auchich had his moments, could have offered more consistency, but he's still someone who only just turned 19. Uh, Danny Mwanga is always an exciting player to watch. And there was uh, also the youngster, Yvonne uh, Masson, who had that unfortunate injury and looked really bright before that. Um, so, yeah, there are a lot of exciting young players, and I think that there definitely is a temptation to look back at, say, uh, you know, the, 
team that Puel had at Lille or uh, even going back to his time in Monaco, the, his ability to bring through young players and, and to further develop them. Uh, Arnaud Nordin, I think, would fit into, fit into that as well. Um, but I, I have questions about consistency in most of those attacking players, perhaps even outside of, perhaps outside of Buanga, but I might even lump them into that group. Um, I think they're fine. They're not going to struggle, but you know, they're just a solid mid table side. I think that um, if there's also a bit of a, a bit of a gamble there um, with, with green and Bayich, um, the two young keepers, um, you know, I, I don't know that there's half a dozen first team starts between them. I can't remember how many games matches green started on the back end of last season. Um, but that's a, that's a callow set of goalkeepers as well, for sure. Um so yeah, I, I just got I just got, got questions in that in that sense. Um, there's a the part of the team where you want the most experience uh, is uh, is lacking. Uh, I just I honestly don't honestly you know I just have questions in general. They, they, I don't think they brought literally anybody in this summer. If, is that correct? Um, not even on loan. Uh, that may change. I mean, they had some late arrivals last summer, the likes of of Retzos, for example, but. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just, I don't see them being, I mean, they finished, I think, 11th last season. I have them 11th this season. Uh, it's a slightly younger team. I'm, I'm looking forward to, again, seeing some of these younger players develop, but I don't necessarily know that that will equate to um, to an improvement in the table. I think the other teams uh, in that area have made improvements or are already better than them, and that's what's going to be the outcome. Yeah, no major signings. Yeah, I guess it's, as you mentioned, as you both mentioned, you know, this is a there's a there's a there's a still a way to go in the transfer window, and and a lot of these teams could go one or two ways. They could they could strengthen significantly or be weakened significantly before now and uh, the the start of September. Uh, you mentioned Etienne Green there. I have to say, I know that you're absolutely right. He's only got what eight first team games, uh, but there's just something about him. I, I think he's I think he's an extremely talented goalkeeper there's something of the Ikikasius about him the the way that he sort of the sort of cat like when Ikikasius was young and he he would sort of pull these ludicrous saves out from from nowhere wasn't there wasn't the biggest or strongest wasn't the greatest from you know crosses but he just turned up when you needed him to and I I think Etienne Green has got a very similar sort of persona and I think he's I think he's a French national team in the making and and yeah I, I really really like him and I think that could be a really big plus for them this year, uh, with obviously Rufio going in the last or halfway through last season, and and Moulin moving to to, to Troyes. Um, I think he's sort of a ready made replacement. Is twenty one slightly older, perhaps than than you may they want for someone who's sort of starting out, if you like, in their professional career. But uh, yeah, uh, a really exciting uh, talent. Last this group of teams I want to focus on, Jersey's Bordeaux. Um, some some major movement going on uh, in uh, at Bordeaux with Gerard Lopez coming in as owner. Uh, and you would imagine a significant turnover in, in, in players, and perhaps they're the most, you know, sort of team that might fluctuate the the the, the most in 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 these predictions if we were to make them in a month's time. Vladimir Petkovic is in. Uh, Switzerland manager obviously did very well at the Euros. Um, how how do you see their season going? As you said, things are arguably slightly more settled than they were at the end of the season. Now, new manager in who's obviously coming off the back of a. A very successful Euro and um, Lopez is there, so at least that maybe the the walls are, are being kept from the door, at least sort of momentarily. I know that um, Lopez is this weird character who kind of brings with him a lot of 
stability and complete instability and you know the, I don't pretend to understand the whole sort of money side of what was going on at, at Lille where it looked like they were making millions in profits and yet were still in lots of financial trouble and I assume it will kind of be more than more of the same but I think anything is is better than than the state they were in sort of this time um, and this time last year and obviously several months into the season as well. But on the purely footballing side, I'm not sure that anything too much has happened yet to make me think that they're, they're going to push on in, a way, in any way from last season. And that's my concern. Um, I don't know if it's that they just don't have the funds or the funds haven't been released yet. But um, yeah, as, as things stand, I'm, I just... Yeah, I, I don't see much there to, to make me think that they're going to sort of turn into the Bordeaux of old or be any new, anywhere near challenging for Europe. I think, you know, somewhere around mid-table because there's worse teams than them. But I think really, the, unless they sort of bring in a couple of, of stunning signings between now and the end of the window, I think this is more a, a season of, you know, kind of almost taking a breather, being grateful for... Um, not going out of business, maybe kind of trying to play some decent football and, and rebuilding a bit of a relationship with the fans and then sort of taking it from there. But I certainly don't think they're going to be putting up any trees this year. OK, moving on to into the top half of uh, the table and our next four teams in our predicted uh, league and uh, table. Uh, so... We are up to Lons in ninth. Following them, we've got Montpellier in eighth, Rennes in seventh, Nice in sixth, and Lille, champions Lille in fifth. Uh, Eric, can you make the case for the defence of uh, Lille's title? Defence of their title, no. I think PSG have been very astute. We'll get to them later. Um, but I, I, I originally had them third. I'm gonna, I dropped them to fourth based on, on Monaco's two most recent signings. As of this recording, it's John Lucas and Myron Boadu, who I, both of them I really like. Um, I No, I, I think that we saw on Sunday evening that the amount of continuity that Chaslin Gorvenek intends to approach this team, approach this team with tactically uh, is manifest. And, you know, provided they don't lose any anybody else besides, uh, you know, Bubukari Samare and, and Mike Mignon, um, I don't see that they'll have a problem. I, I, I think that, you know, I think the jury's out on Leo Jardim. He's not a keeper we've seen much of. He looked bright enough on Sunday. Um, and if they do get a more proven league on keeper, I know we've mentioned Reykjavik earlier in the pod from Russ. Um, I don't see any reason why they would slip too much. Again, they, they do have a somewhat shallow squad, but uh, and Galtier was very adept at rotating the team. I think that is going to be perhaps Gorvenek's biggest challenge this season uh, is to balance uh, a place in the Champions League with um, what is a relatively thin squad. And, um, you know, Lille haven't exactly uh, been been terribly active in the market in terms of bringing players in. Um, I think that that is something that they that could potentially be a problem for them. Um, but... Yeah, again, you know, I, I think that all the components are there. That the, the players that seem to be quote unquote fringe players definitely seem to be hungry. If we look at someone like the likes of like Isaac Lihaji, Timothy Weah, um, players that could potentially take a step up, um, I think that that's something that's that's um, you know in, incredibly important. Um, yeah, even even someone like Yusuf Yazidja, you know, someone who is you know wasn't necessarily a guaranteed starter last season. Uh, if he could play a bigger role. Um, there are rumblings that 
Uh, there will be further sales from Lille. I mean, we, we do know the, um, you know, rather penurious uh, character of their stadium deal, which sort of forces them to sell every summer. Um, but again, you know, say it's around Sanchez at least. Um, you know, is, is a midfield of Benjamin Andre, uh, Sheka, and, um, and say, well, okay, that could be a problem <laughs> in all honesty. But no, I, again, you know, I, I do accept, expect a, a slight slip um, from Lille. Again, again, I think that, you know, Galtier's charisma and, and man management and, and tactical nous and adaptability are, you know, almost, you know, beyond, beyond superlatives. But um, I do think that the spine of the squad appears to be there. Uh, Jose Fonch renewed his contract. Um, and I think that there is you know, plenty of reason to think that this team, you know, probably won't sustain a title challenge, but probably will uh, sustain a Champions League challenge. Yeah, that's, that's going to be the thing, isn't it? The, 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 the duality of their season, the, 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 the pressure and the intensity of the Champions League brings, balancing that with a chase for a Champions League spot uh, in, in, in Liga, and especially for a, a sort of uh, inexperienced side overall, especially in doing that, in the balancing the two things has often been a, a huge uh, burden for, for league and size of Rennes struggled with it last year. Bordeaux struggled it with in the past. Sanetien in the Europa League as well. Uh, Bordeaux seen the Europa League too. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be the, the the key thing. Obviously, they had the Europa League last season as well, but they they sort of prioritised the league a little bit. There's a lot of rotation, and as you mentioned, Gautier was a master at that, and um, I think he's a master at a lot of things. And and without him, I don't think they they win the title. Um, but obviously, he's gone. He's moved on to OGC Nice. And um, Jez, we've we've got they're pretty close in our uh, in our table, but you've got Nice above Leo. You think uh, that Gautier can work his magic and and usurp his his former club this season? I think so. I'm a little bit torn, but um, I do feel like Nice are finally. I mean, they've had a couple of full starts the last couple of years, but I do feel like they're they're sort of finally got a little bit of direction. I think they're they're nine, nine, now making some kind of quite canny signings to go with what was already the, the makings of a, of a decent squad. And I think Gautier might be the, the sort of crucial part of the puzzle. And I just, unfortunately, I'm not sure that Vieira was up to it, but Gautier obviously is sort of reigning Ligue 1 champion as, as coach, has, has shown that he's got the pedigree. And I think his... Um, what he can do with the team and uh, the ability to kind of play the strong defensive football, but also with the attacking bent as well. I think um, Vieira seemed to sometimes click in the, on the defensive side, but nothing was really happening going forward. I think Gautier has got the the experience and the ability to to get Nice playing sort of different kinds of football as as necessary. And I think they've made good additions to the squad. I think obviously Tadebo coming in per, um, permanently, Bard. We haven't seen the best of yet, but the fact that Lyon's fans are so annoyed that he left, I think, says something about about his potential. I think obviously we saw Guiri sort of um, show all the all the all the potential he's got, and I expect him to kick on. I think he's already given a couple of interviews pre-season, kind of saying how he's he's got the the France squad in the back of his mind now. Um, I think Boudawi was was also really starting to show how good he is at the end of the season. And then you've got those, those you know, real talents like Stengs and Cliver who could, I suppose, go either way. But if if they 
they can bring their sort of best football to the table on a consistent basis, then they're going to, I think, bring a, a huge amount of fun to Liga in general, but um, a lot of quality to, to Nice as well. And then also, obviously, Lemino, I think, is, um, you know, not the, the most starry of names, but has been there and done that in France and in England and can bring a lot of stability and experience when needed as well. So I still don't think they're quite ready to, to sort of really push for the very top places but I feel like under Gautier this is finally sort of the start of something which which could lead over the next two or three years to something bigger. Yeah that's that's kind of how I feel about it as well I'm I'm, I'm a little bit more positive about the signings and I know some people are a little bit down on the group of signings but I think there's a lot of potential there and a lot of exciting additions uh, and with Gautier in charge uh, and he's got that aura of, of the, the of leading Lille to the to the championship last season. I think they're they're, they're going to be exciting, Nice, and interesting to follow, if nothing else. Um, quick word on on Ren, and I just wanted to to add about about Bruno Genesio and and what an odd situation it seems to have sort of coalesced at Ren to some extent. I, I felt when when they when they appointed Genesio uh, last last season, it was a really left field kind of appointment, really sort of out of the blue. And that I, I, I thought Eric would probably be able to talk a little bit more about Genesio's uh, time at, at, at Leon, but I, I I got the impression that that was that was almost a, a situation uh, bred by circumstance that he was a one club man and he was he'd been connected with Leon all his life and it, he sort of ascended to the top job. I didn't see him as as sort of a career coach. Obviously, he went to China, but there, you know there are other reasons to do that. Um, I, I'm really surprised that he sort of turned up at, at Ren, and their preseason results to be mixed. Obviously, preseason is a difficult thing to read read anything into. Um, drawing with La Havre, drawing with Standard Liège, being beaten by Getafe and and Levante, and before beating Torino uh, last week. But um, I think it's a it's it's a very unpredictable campaign. They've made some good signings. Loic Bade is a brilliant defender. In theory, he's come on from, from Lons, only really had one full season at senior level, 21, could be a big one next summer for, for Premier League clubs. Um, and uh, Suleimana from from um, from Midtjylland is, is a really exciting player. He was fantastic for them in Denmark last year. European experience, of course. Um, and combining him on one side with Jeremy Doku on the other wing, who was obviously great at the Euros, uh, impressed in, in sort of fleeting sort of spells with, with Belgium and really picking up at the end of sort of where he left, it, left off at the end of uh, the domestic season, which he was, you know, still in 19, but his sort of end product was pretty much non-existent for long parts of the season. And it really started to coalesce in the last couple of months. And um, I remember Eric saying in a chat we had a while ago, he looks like a player transformed and, and he really does. And, and he, he's, there's a reason that Liverpool in particular have been following him so closely. And you think about the potential he has and, and the, the, you know, the, the impact he can have in an attacking sense. He's, he's so skillful and so, so, so quick and changes direction alarmingly quickly. Um, if he could add goals and, and uh, even just a, a smattering of goals and some end product to his game more consistently, he's a terrifyingly good player. Uh, and at such a young age, he could go so far. Um, so uh, really exciting sort of European chase for those those sort of just outside the Champions League uh, spots in, in in Champions League and Nice, Renan Montpellier as well, who could be exciting under D uh, Olivia Divaglio. Uh, but we're going to move on to the top four to finish off uh, our preview podcast. Uh, and in fourth, in our aggregate table, we've got Lyon. In third, we've got Marseille. In second, we've got Monaco. And top, we all put PSG top, uh, Paris Saint-Germain lead the way. Um, Eric, you're a Leon fan. Me and Jeremy have got Leon in fourth. 
you've got them down in seventh and we were talking before before we we kicked off the the pod earlier <sighs> you're pretty pessimistic about the season uh, ahead yeah no i you know i i think obviously it's, we have to take preseason results with a grain of salt we we do know that uh we've got two of the team's better players uh so, I mean, I think arguably you could say their best player and Lucas, Lucas Paqueta yet to come back um, from, from his time with Brazil. I think he, he was in camp on Monday for the first time. Uh, Bruno Guimaraes is still obviously involved with the Olympics. Um, but I, I really worry about the ability of this team to adapt, particularly at the back to Peter Bosch's style of play. Uh, I think the forward players certainly look excited to play uh, with him, Dembele, Awar, uh, Carl Tokokambi's had a fine preseason as well. Um, but I, I think if you look at those scores, as we were saying, you know, losing to Porto, for example, in their most recent friendly 5-3, um, I, I don't necessarily th- – I think that they've gotten weaker at left back by letting Bard go. You know, they have uh, this guy, Enrique, that they brought in from Brazil. But speaking to people who are Brazilian and watch Brazilian football, there's a lot of head-scratching going on. Um, he's a capable player in the Brazilian top flight, but uh, he's not necessarily – he's not young. Um and this is his first experience in Europe. I don't necessarily know, uh, you know, what the story is there. Um, Tiago Mendes could be on the way out. Um, and I sort of worry whether or not that gives them enough of an, an orthodox defensive midfielder. Um, you know, I know Guimaraes and Kakare are, are capable of, of playing that role. But, um, you know, much like, much like Leon were when that midfield was that, that two-man pairing of uh, Ndombele and Awar a few years ago, um, you know, that team could be really exposed if, if out, uh, if Bosch wants to play on the front foot to such an extent, um, I do worry about, um, the slow footedness of that defense. I know Diamande is not exactly slow and actually looks a good prospect. I think he could really be something, but you know, Denair, fine, uh, not very quick. Marcelo, Damien De Silva, 34, 33, uh, both will be in a, another year older before the season's out. Um, you know, really not um, the sort of defense that uh, inspires a lot of confidence in me. Um, you know, there again, there are positives to be seen. I think we can hope for more improvement um, from the likes of some of their younger players. Rand Sharkey is a name that we all know, but I would also keep my eyes on, um, pardon me, the young right back, Malo Gusto. Um, Leon will be playing in the Europa League, so I hope he gets a few matches there. Um, you know, Leo Dubois has been given the armband uh, and, and looks, you know, is, you know, his abilities, um, you know, above average, uh, if not particularly flashy right back. Um, but Gusto offers uh, quite a bit more uh, going forward. And I, I think that, um, I think that, you know, Leon's youth academy continues to turn out young players. Uh, I just sort of worry about the, the vulnerability to pace and pressing, uh, of that defense. And I know, again, we offered the caveat in chatting before the show that, you know, some of those results that Leon had suffered in preseason were against, you know, European level. I mean, teams that will be competing in Europe this season, but again, uh, those teams are another week or two away, at least from, from starting their competitive fixtures. Uh, whereas Leon started on Saturday, um, you would expect Leon to be a little bit sharper and further along, uh, despite the absences of the likes of Guimaraes and Paqueta, uh, owing to their or even Dubois to some extent, uh, owing to their summer obligations. So yeah, I'm just I think they'll be fun to watch, which is not something we've been able to say about this team uh, by and large. Um, you know, unless they were at their very very best. But I, I do have a lot of questions about the defense. 
Um, and I think that, um, I mean, clearly Nice have improved and I don't expect, you know, the likes of say Ren to, to slip. I think they were pretty sharp under Genesio. So yeah, I think it's a, that, that for me, that group between seventh and seventh and second, that could go any number of ways, honestly. Um, but I do think that Leon's lack of depth in certain positions, I think the, the poor form at times of Anthony Lopes last season, um, just give me a lot of cause for worry. Um, uh, you know, if they were to s- lose a player too, um, I mean, no one's been particularly linked with a move away, but, um, you know, if the right off besides Mendesh, um, but I think that could further upset the apple cart in terms of um, the, the balance that the squad has right now, which is, is somewhat precarious, um, slow-footed defenders included. Yeah, it's definitely... Can I just... Sorry, I just ask Eric what, what his thoughts are on the prospect of, of Dembele looking like the, the sort of main starting striker for this season. Because obviously, I mean, he's pretty much had a whole season to write off, I guess. Yeah, you know, I... I Dembele, I, you know, I, I remember in the, the final eight, um, you know... What's that? No, last year. <laughs> Sorry, COVID time warp. Um, how, and, you know, and how he was dropped. And I thought that was the right decision uh, for, for Carl Toko Kambi. I think Dembele is fine. You know, I think he is a scorer who's a goal scorer who's shown he can get you 15 or 20 uh, goals in the season. I think that he also is more of a team player in the line perhaps than is, is likes of Memphis Depay, um, that he's more willing to help other players get involved and he's not, you know, obsessed with doing tricks. So, so I think as, as a physical focal point of a, uh, more attack-minded style holistically, um, I think there are positives to be made there. I, I think of this team play a 4-2-3-1 with Awar off the left and Toko Okambi uh, off the right, Paqueta playing as a uh, as a 10. I think they look really good. And you've got Cherokee who can play uh, in various positions and perhaps even as a central striker, Slamani and Katawari are capable options off the bench as well. Um, I think that... Uh, this team, you know, that front six, Kakare and uh, Gimarish is the, is the two midfielders, is, you know, probably on a par with anybody outside of outside of PSG in the league. It's just the defense that gives me real pause. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I think the Depay aspect is a, is a huge, it's a huge thing. Perhaps his influence by, by some outside the club maybe was, was sort of underrated over the last couple of years and replacing him is going to be a big, big deal. And, uh, yes, Dembele may maybe offer a, a, a reliable source of goals, but I don't think there's anybody in that squad at the moment who's I mean, in theory, Hosamawa to some extent, but who can really offer the the, the leadership and the 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 grab your team by the scruff of the neck and and drag them over the line vibe that Depay has offered on on a number of occasions in the last uh, in the last uh, few seasons. Um, so. Leon, uh, Eric, Eric is a Leon fan, is a little bit pessimistic about, about Leon's chances. And uh, I definitely take, take those points. It's going to be really exciting, I think, behind PSG that that next six teams, it's pretty interchangeable to some extent. Um, one team that has uh, recruited significantly and surprisingly so, Jez, uh, over the summer is, is Marseille. You look at William Saliba, Gwenduzi coming in, um, Jerson from, from Brazil, who's very highly rated. Um, they've got some exciting, uh, exciting talent they're already to some extent. Obviously, lost Florian Tuvan, which is a big, big blow in theory. Although they had a bit of an average season, can they challenge PSG? Can they finish second, maybe? I don't think they can challenge PSG. I think they can finish second, although I don't think they will. I think um, 
sort of similarly to what Eric said about about Lyon, I think Marseille are going to be really good fun this year. And I'm slightly more confident about them than about Lyon that it will click. But with Marseille, you still never know. There's a lot of players coming in. However talented they are, they, they need to um, uh, gel and they need to gel quickly, especially in a, in a full velodrome, which, which has huge benefits, but also drawbacks if things aren't going well. And obviously you've got the, the sort of hot-hipped coach who can sort of himself kind of blow hot and cold as well. But certainly you look at the players they've brought in and, and on paper it's a much better squad than, 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 they, than, the, than they've had the last couple of years. As you said, there's a couple of sort of, I think uh, Gerson I think is highly rated. You've got a couple of sort of flair players like Conrad de la Fuente who, um, you know, I, I don't expect to be kind of a regular starter or game winner, but it could be a really exciting player to come off the bench late in matches. Um, Saliba, we know about quality defender who's also got a lot to prove. You could say the same about Guendouzi in midfield. Um, and uh, a good keeper to, to sort of really put pressure on Montanda, who seems to sort of have one season on, one season off. And talking about players like that, you've got Payet, who's looked in fantastic form in, in, in pre-season. So I think things are really well set up for them to be... Um, more effective and certainly a lot more fun than they have been the last few years. But it, it all depends on that. As I said, it's a lot of turnover and it depends how, how well and how quickly they all sort of come together and, and are able to kind of, you know, form understandings between each other. Yeah. And some, some Pauli's influence as well is something I'm really excited to see coalesce. I, I, I take, a lot of those points and, and I definitely think they're an exciting side and they, they could challenge that second spot. I agree that, you know, the PSG may be a bit far ahead, but um, I think the exciting, the, I'm using the word exciting a lot, but the exciting thing about the last six or seven teams we've, we've said is that they all look, you know, interesting and, and dynamic and, and like they could really put pressure on, 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 on teams that are lower down the league and, and really play some good football. So I think we've got a, a really excited group of clubs going into, into, into the, into the new season. For me, I, I really fancy Monaco this year. And I, I think that there is, you could make a case for them winning the league. Uh, that's maybe slightly speculative at this point. But if you look at the second half of last season, they're the, they, they're, you know, the last sort of 21 maybe games of Ligan, uh, that they, they're ahead. They, they, they won, they got the most points in, in that period ahead of Leo and ahead of PSG. And you look at Nico Kovac, his, his, I think his style that he showed at Eintracht Frankfurt is, is really suited to Ligue 1, a much more sort of physical lead to some extent, perhaps more pragmatic at times. Um, and he's got a great squad. They've only really lost Evan Jovetic, but they've still got so many options and so many exciting players coming through. And players like Yusuf Afana, Orle Chuchimeni, Sofian Diop, all going to be a year older. And, and have really been improving in the last in the last six months or so. And I just think if they can maintain that form, um, then then they really can push PSG. And we'll move on to, to PSG in a second. But I think PSG are beatable in this in this league. And those teams we've been discussing in this group behind them will all put pressure on them at, at some stage in, over the course of the season. It's whether Monaco or perhaps others, but mainly for me, mainly Monaco can so can gather enough points over the course of the year. The only thing. That, that I, I feel that probably both of you are thinking at this point is that they didn't have 
uh, you know, much, much to distract them from Ligue 1 at all last year. But they're, they're hoping to make it into the Champions League this year. They should do after winning their first against Sparta Prague. They should be well on their way to the next round. But that will be a huge deal for them to, to balance the two. But I, I really think that, yes, PSG would probably still win the league, but Monaco are going to be really keeping them, keeping them honest as we get even into sort of May and maybe even into April, maybe even May as well. So I think exciting times for, for Monaco uh, ahead. But as I said, we all put PSG top um, uh, of our predictions. And for me, I, I think the really th interesting thing about PSG going forward uh, is how these new players coalesce and they, they sort of gel into, into this team. Um, aside from any uh, issues with Pochettino, we will talk about PSG on almost every podcast over the course of the season and we've got uh, you know, a long season ahead. But from my, from my point of view, this is possibly PSG's best window of the, of the, of the, of the QSI era, Eric. Would you, would you agree? Oh, uh, you know, I, I think the only minor nitpick you could have is, you know, could there be some challenges on the part of Pochettino in terms of giving out playing time? You know, is someone like, say, Presno Kempembe going to be upset if he doesn't start in a Champions League match? Um, but other than that, you know, you've got Juan Pernat, who was quietly one of the best left backs uh, in Liga in 2019-20, if not the best, uh, back, back at full fitness. Uh, Hakimi has been a force of nature um, for the team in their preseason matches. Um, and you've got a rejiggered midfield. Assume they play 4-3-3 of looks like probably I, I, I'd be happy to hear criticism if you think this isn't a lineup that of one of Gay or Paredes, uh, along with Verratti and Wijnaldum, uh, looks very solid. Um, and you've probably got a front three of Di Maria, uh, Neymar, and of course Mbappe. Um, it's you know that's a <laughs> that's a staggeringly well balanced team. You've got lots of depth. Um, you know, in in addition, obviously to you know the players I didn't mention, you've got players off the bench who are who are more than capable of you know, affecting the game. I think Arnold Calamuendo, I think is a player who struggled with injury at Lens last season, but is certainly a very talented prospect. Uh, Mal Riccardi also struggled with injury and I believe COVID last season, but uh, we know his ability. Pablo Sarabia had a decent year with Spain. Uh, Julian Draxler. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. There's just so much depth to this team. Um, and, you know, again, the Paul Pogba rumors continue to bubble away. You know, oof, gosh, you know, if he were to come in, you know, now you've got a midfield say of, of Verratti, Pogba, and Wijnaldum. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's all you need to know right there. Um, it's a, it's, it's been a, a very impressive window without too much of a net spend. Uh, it was just, well, I guess they made Pereira's loan deal permanent this summer officially as well, but it's just Akimi who, who cost them money. Um, and they did make some, some interesting uh decisions i was surprised to see backer let go you know i think he's a more capable understudy to to bernat than is kurzawa um but by and large yeah i mean this was a this was a a competent um summer window and i think that uh, there are signs as well that you know it's been a bugaboo of mine for much of the, the qsi era uh that these young players at psg don't get a chance but i'd like to see more of dina abimbe i'd like to see more of Colin Dogba, who did have some really fine performances last year. I'd like to see more of Arnold Kalimuendo uh, as well. And it does appear that, you know, given the glut of games this team will be playing, that the Pochettino is well positioned to do that. Um, so in addition to what looks a near certain march to the title, um, 
here's hoping that we get to see some of these younger players develop as well. Yeah, it's and, really and Gigi Donnarumma, of course. Yeah. <laughs> who, I didn't, who I didn't mention all of that. It's so many, so, so much shows, going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so much to talk about with PSG in terms of signings. Even the, the player of the tournament at the Euros is, is overlooked. And I, too, was sort of in listening to you. I was like, oh, yeah, Donnarumma, too. Uh, a really uh, interesting debate with him and, and Kelo Navas. But, Jez, the key question is, I think, for PSG, is is Sergio Ramos, Gigi Donnarumma, Jonah Van Alden, um, all the signings they've made, is it enough to, to, to make an impact and go one step further in the Champions League? I think on on paper, yes, but it, as usual, I think with PSG, it's not always about the 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 players that that you put out. It's whether they're all going to play for each other, whether they're going to play as a team, whether the big names go missing or not. And I still think the very bottom line, and and actually, Luis Fernandez sort of alluded to it in an interview today. And I think it's always been the case for the last few years is whether Pochettino will be allowed to kind of have the authority that a coach needs to have to, to sort of control his team, to, to be able to make the calls that he wants to, pick the players that he wants to and get those players, you know, playing for him and, and either trusting him or having the fear of him to play to their best, however you want to put it. I just, I feel like the consistent problem, apart from fullbacks and Hakimi, I think is, I don't know if I agree this is the best transfer window of the QSI era, but I think Hakimi might be the most important signing, certainly since you know the days of Zlatan kind of thing. Um, I think the most consistent problem has been coaches consistently undermined, so big-name players um, kind of rule the roost. I think if Pochettino is given that authority, then, yeah, I think um, on paper the squad is good enough. I... My other slight concern is, as silly as it is to say, Navas and Donnarumma, uh, Ramos coming in in arguably the one position where everything was quite settled um, at centre-back, that those things could maybe unsettle the changing room a little bit. And obviously there, there has been sort of rumours that might have already been the case in terms of goalkeepers. But again, if Pochettino is able to, to keep a lid on that and make sure that... that both keepers and all centre-backs are kept happy with enough game time, um, then then that should be fine. I still slightly worry that um, the sort of link from midfield to attack is is very reliant on Verratti. And I think Wijnaldum will help with that, but I still feel that they could be sort of just one injury or suspension away from losing a lot of their creativity. But certainly... If the, the first team remains fit, on form, talking to each other, then then I think they yeah that they can really make a good run for it. And we as we've still seen, you know, the Premier League teams seem to be strengthening. You know, it looks like City is signing Greedish today, but everywhere else, you know, Inter looks like are going to be decimated. We know about the mess that Real and Barca are in. Um, there's n- there shouldn't be as much competition as there has been in, in some previous years. Um, you know, they didn't take their chance a couple of years ago. On reflection, last year was arguably an even better chance. But I, I do think that this is a stronger squad than the last two years. And so they should be able to do it. 
Yeah, it's a really, it's a really, it's, it definitely is a strong card, a really, really frightening level of, of signing that they've they've made. But I 100% agree with the, the mental aspect that PSG always stumble over. And, and you could argue that every major failure in the QSI era, has, era has, hasn't been down to talent. It's been down to the factors you mentioned there and the, the sort of the mental aspect and the, the mental block they seem to have and the, the, the overbearing board and factors beyond the talent in their squad so an increased talent level doesn't necessarily mean that those those uh, those factors um go away uh so we've come to the end of our preview podcast for the season the, the get french football news show uh we'll be back uh, every monday uh, over the course of the the club uh season uh and that only leaves one final thing uh, eric uh could you give us a quick preview of your your excellent and uh uh brilliantly insightful as always uh free uh legan preview uh pdf uh, download that will be up on the site uh before the start of of the season to tell us what it's about yeah so uh for the fifth season in a row uh i'll be yeah. doing a of seven to eight hundred word breakdown of every single team key signings uh uh, projected 11 strengths, weaknesses, um, and a comprehensive ranking of all the teams one through 20. Um, and it's something that uh, is a lot of work, but I think the end product is, uh, is well worth your time. It's a free download. Um, and I, I, you know, I encourage you to check it out. Um, you know, obviously there's still what three weeks left in the transfer window. So there may necessarily be some changes as, you know, we alluded to say Chiku at Strasbourg, for example, it could actually make quite a big difference, but, um, at the time of writing, I feel reasonably good, you know, despite mm-hmm. that uh, jumble uh, from spots two through seven uh, about my predictions. Uh, yeah, so looking forward to the season. I think if you want a little bit more in depth, I know, you know, we didn't mention te- a team like, say, Lorient or, mm. or Brest. Uh, if you'd like to get more of an in depth look at a side like this, um, uh, I think this is a great place to turn. We're, we're, you know, it's not, um, you know, Adam and I, for those of you who know, uh, have a column with the guardian. We're going to be doing a preview for that as well. Um, but we don't have obviously the space, uh, either in this podcast or in that, uh, to go into depth on every single team. So, uh, if that's what you're after that granular depth, uh, please do give this a shout uh, or a look, uh, when it comes out on Friday morning. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's fan- fantastic level of depth and, and really, really, really worth uh, a read. Uh, and for, as you mentioned, incredible that that kind of thing is is available on 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 the GFN Twitter for for free, and it'll be up there on on Friday. Uh, really excited to to read it through myself. So do yeah, do fr- free transfer. I, just, yeah. just, I'm, I'm I'm right on par with uh, with Winaldum and Ramos and Donnarumma. Yeah, you're the podcast Sergio <laughs> Ramos. I like that idea. That's, that's oh, excellent. I've got the beard. I don't know about the the tattoos or the abs. <laughs> <laughs> what a fantastic way to end uh okay we will see you all on monday uh in in the meantime do check out uh the twitter account at gffn for all the latest transfer news from france and of course the website uh getfrenchfootballnews.com uh i've been adam white my thanks to eric and jez and we'll see you soon enjoy the weekend of football